0: Association and
1: IndieBirth.com. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to Indie Birth series of podcasts, Taking Back birth. Marin here, as usual, with Annika, who many of you know, and if you don't, you'll get to know, and you could also go back and listen to Annika's birth story of Ruby. That was the last time that we talk together on a podcast. So I don't know what we'll end up calling this. We'll see at the end. But we were inspired a couple days ago in talking about birth and our own experiences in it witnessing women here locally together and thought we'd share so not sure exactly what will come out. But where should we start?
0: Yeah, I guess we can share a little bit about a scenario from a while back that was interesting and kind of brought on the conversation a bit. Um, Yeah, it's a good place. So, a woman that we were attending um, pushed her baby out and... Her baby did not have great tone. Um, And, you know, it's funny to even try to tell, like, a linear story. Because kind of what this podcast is heading towards is, like, it's not linear at all. And it's not something that can be, like, told in a super linear way. So how do we even... Like describe, how <laughs> shall we describe what we saw? Because even describing right. it is like a commentary. Sure, and yeah. that's, that's kind of like the crux of what
1: we're talking about, I think, which is when we're witnessing birth, we want to talk about being in that moment and how we might respond or just be or do as people that are there as attendants. And yeah, that's so different than like watching a video of that same birth, for example, or like you're saying, even retelling the details. But for the sake of people knowing what we're talking about, I guess, um, yeah, we could elaborate on that. So, you know, normal birth or normal labor, normal birth, um, you know, this woman really well as you do all of these people. And when the baby comes out, um, you're just in the moment of observation waiting for this baby to transition to life on this side and start breathing in a way that is healthy and good um and yeah it's like where do we start because if you're a midwife or if you're a student midwife or maybe you know you're just kind of dabbling in this or you're a doula or maybe you're a mom and you've had a baby and this has been part of your experience um where do we where do we start with like training or or emergency measures. Um, how do we how do we go back to being present and knowing that we will know what is needed?
0: Right. right. That
1: doesn't really make any sense, but
0: I think that it'll come out in a way that makes sense as a whole. So when we are talking about training and knowledge and skills in the context of A birth scenario. Like, how does that fit in with staying in this present moment? Um, We have to come back to, like, what our relationship is with this moment. And, like, what all it encompasses. So, this baby comes out. The baby doesn't have great tone. Isn't breathing, obviously. Right. And you're watching. You're, it's waiting, watch, watchful waiting. And mom and dad don't seem to be concerned. They're just in the moment as well, coming back to earth, excited, loving on their baby. And what are you to do, if anything? What is it that needs to be done, if anything? And how do you decide that? And is it a decision that you make with your mind, or is it something that arises out of something else? Mm -hmm. Something that we were talking about um, was, like, a flow state, which is something that's actually been studied a lot, like, what is flow state and what comes of that in a lot of different fields. Um, But I don't think it's really been talked about much, if at all, in the field of midwifery and birth. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, what flow, flow state is essentially, if, if you're not aware of this concept, is basically being so much in the present moment, so much in your body, so much in what is happening now, and not in your brain, not puttering around in your intellectual mind, that you are simply in flow. You are simply being. There isn't a doing unless there's action of doing that arises out of that being out of that flow state if that makes sense um I hope that makes sense
1: yeah (laughs) yeah and you know with this kind of pretend scenario or really anything at a birth where you know you might have to be more involved or do something this flow state is just open for like you're saying whatever's needed so it doesn't mean that you're just sitting there in like some zen meditation all of the time and nobody ever you know needs anything from you it's just simply a place where you can respond rather than react and the reactions um you know, come from, I think, a place of fear and your mind, and maybe some of your training, or, you know, we'll go into maybe like protocols or rules, like there, there is this very popular place to make choices at births. Um, you know, because, yeah, because that's like where we spend a good deal of time um, in our brain. So how do we get in the flow state in birth, I guess? Um, and, you know, how, how does someone begin to do that?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's a huge question. Because, like, how do we begin to do that in life, you know? Right. We can't separate our work and birth from the rest of our life. Because birth is life. Totally. So, how do we begin to live our lives in more of a flow state without involving our brain, the prefrontal cortex, unless it needs to be, you know? Um, we get quiet with ourselves. We make being still with ourselves a priority. We make accessing our fears a priority. We make listening to what our body is telling us a priority. We consistently maybe spend time outside because connecting with nature outdoors helps connect us to our nature and the nature of birth as well, I believe. we do the inner work. You know, we were talking about this a little while back about how much we we do talk about women and birthing people doing the inner work as they go through their process and you know, it's a lot of distance to travel from like the mainstream medicalized model to this n- new and ancient paradigm of autonomous birthing. And it's the same thing for midwives and birth attendants. Like we can't expect that from our clients unless we are also on our own path of unveiling and uncovering and constant, um, constant peeling back of these layers that keep us in these old paradigms of control, old paradigms of fear. So being in that constant state yourself of uncovering, I think is a huge part of how we access this flow state in the moment and birth. Um, so let's talk about the moment. Like yeah. what is this moment that we keep talking about? Yeah. How do we be in the moment? What all is included in the moment? So I noted in a recent Instagram post that this moment includes um the base of our relationships Like our relationships Are the root of that and by relationships I'm not just referring to like You know our family Or like our relationship with the client Although that is huge and like a huge chunk of it It includes Our relationship with that woman or birthing person And her family and it includes Our relationship with ourself Which I was talking about just a minute ago It includes our relationship with the cosmos Or whatever we believe it is That's bigger that created all of this (laughs) it includes our relationship with life like what do we believe about life what do we believe about creation why do we believe we're here like in order to do this work of examining all of this we have to go big big deep we have to go like beyond what is considered now currently in the existing models um, and it also, this moment and these relationships include our knowledge and skills. So, like, what is the relationship with your knowledge and skills? Is it something that you have learned and have practiced and rely on heavily as the savior of the moment? I think that's the way that a lot of more medicalized practitioners view their skills and knowledge as if that's the only thing that there is that's the only that's what they hang their hat on whereas in this picture it is one piece and it is not it is not what we hang our hat on it's simply a tool yeah a part of the picture That's probably the
1: most controversial right part you know is that you know like what was that baby's Apgar's and if it's x y and z then this should have happened and what was the heart rate and then you do this and I don't know about you but like I've never functioned well in that intellectual only model like and I can I can even feel back to when I was a student and I think a lot of the things you mentioned like weren't happening at least for me. Like even relationships. Like maybe these weren't women that you know I was super connected to. Maybe the midwife was. Mm-hmm. Um, but feeling kind of overwhelmed with knowledge in a way that I couldn't deal very well with. You know, like I'll never know enough, or like if this happens, what would I do? Um, or and even watching birth as a student with some of the midwives I worked with, just feeling really fearful honestly, because it didn't feel like I was connected to the moment. Um, And I watched a lot of those births from more of like an intellectual place in my brain. And for me, that's like a really scary place to reside. um, Because there too is kind of like the ego and this whole idea of like control. And if you were better or knew better, or, you know, more skilled then this would have happened, Um, when really, it's just like, A woman birthing, like if she's in the flow and connected, like your chance of everything going more smoothly is greater.
0: Right, totally. And uh, that part about like the brain, the part of the brain where there's all this knowledge and skills that we're kind of like that's floating around in there and it's like chitter chattering, and that it's a scary place to be, is because that's a part of the brain that want that. It's supposed to be there to fix. It's supposed to be there to like.
1: Protect. Do the action yeah. and protect.
0: Uh-huh. And so if it's activated all the time. Even in what seems to be a perfectly normal scenario. it It is. It's not going to be functional. It's going to be dysfunctional. And so. And that can
1: lead to. Like of course I think people know. Right. Like, right maybe feeling, yeah, like really disconnected and maybe making decisions that are sort of rash and like abrupt um, rather than like from this place of deeper knowing, which I I don't know how to talk about it sometimes in words because I feel like it's a whole different feeling, even like adrenaline wise, you know, like I feel like the mind choices come with a lot of adrenaline Mm -hmm. and the... Like, being in the flow, no matter what you need to do or be, happens in, like, this really bizarre manner where, like, seconds extend. Right. Like, into the next. Yeah, Yeah. like, this time just, like, stops.
0: Right. Maybe we should, like, try to describe what it feels like. (laughs) So, to me, it feels like in the moment I am attached, anchored to the floor. And at the same time, I'm ready for the next moment, whatever it may bring. I'm at the ready, but not in an anxious type of way. It's more of just a trust and confidence type of way that feels very grounded. And even if something were to arise, it feels like whatever would need to be done, would be executed out of that same groundedness and knowingness and it feels very different from when I'm in my chitter-chattery type of part of my brain Uh you know what does that feel like for you
1: yeah it feels so good I mean, I just mean in general, like at births, I feel like the place I can be, it's like, why can't I do this in my normal life more, you know? Same. But, you know, at home, it's like you've got a million kids running around. And anyway, um, so some of it's just like pure distraction is gone. Like,
0: mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing just that. else. Like, there's nothing else in the room. Yeah. And is... reminding
1: yourself of that. Right. You know, because I think even at births, um, you know, I've been a birth with lots of different people and to each her own, but like, I've never been able to like, keep busy at a birth in a different way. Right. Like I could bring a book or like, I could even bring my computer if I had stuff to do, but like, I can never, I can never distract myself because no. all that's
0: of... the, like the opposite of the point. Exactly. <laughs> but like, I've
1: tried and sure. I think like on paper, it makes perfect sense, you yeah. know, but I just energetically. Like I need to be all there mm-hmm. and I like that feeling. I feel yeah. like time moves really slow and it's very deliberate. Like even the most like mundane things at home that you would do, mm-hmm. fill up a teapot, make a tea, like mm-hmm. at a birth, it's like takes on this like yeah, like this very slow importantness. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the same energy that like we witness with is, you know, we're not the ones doing the hard work. Right. But yet, yeah, like usually it doesn't feel frantic. Even if the mom gets like frantic Mm -hmm. or has a lot of adrenaline, like just staying in that really slow place.
0: Right.
1: Because you don't know what's next. Like your brain can spiral away. And I mean, sometimes it does. And Mm -hmm. you're trying to sort of like predict or like, oh, this could happen. Am I ready for that? Or, you know, what would we do if? But if you're really in the moment of it, you can't think ahead. You can't think behind. No.
0: Because that wouldn't be effective because all the information that we need exists only in the moment that it's happening in this paradigm.
1: But that goes against like so much that's out there. Yeah. And I mean, like like I've already shared, my training was, you know, not very medicalized, but like a little bit. So even I only worked with home birth midwives, so... You know, just the styles were kind of different. Um, And, you know, I think as a student, you can speak maybe more to that. But, you know, the role is a little bit different. And so maybe I just wasn't in the flow of what was flowing. Like maybe I was kind of on the outside of that, you know, and and witnessing things in a different way. Um, But the emphasis for me was very much on the training. The training Mm -hmm. and, you know... The what ifs and a lot of even rehashing scenarios, which is healthy as we probably do, but in a different kind of way, Mm -hmm. whereas, yeah, I think I've come to trust that in the moment you will do or not do what's necessary. And that's like a huge conversation too, because sometimes that does involve doing right. And you do have hindsight and you do look back and you know, you have doubt then,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, anyway, but for me, the, the intellectual part has always created a lot more doubt (laughs) than knowing
0: what I feel. Mm -hmm. Completely. And It's interesting, like, of course, I've never been in a different type of apprenticeship scenario. This is the only one. But I was a birth assistant at a local birth center for a very short time because it was so not aligned with what I knew in my body, even if I wasn't totally experienced in what I know now, Um, where it was, like, up in the mind. And it was a... I didn't know the women that were midwives that I was working with, like I had barely met them. I did not, I had, I met the woman right after she pushed her baby out. I was called the fourth assist, which meant that I came in during pushing. She had never met me. And it was the strangest, most like non aligned feeling I've ever felt. Um, And so what's so different about that? you know, besides the obvious um, in apprenticeship with you is that I feel like we, of course, we do focus on, like, skills and the knowledge. Like, we talk yeah. about that stuff all the time. Yeah. Or, you know, like, a couple of days ago, we're calculating abgars after the fact and talking about it, you right. know. So, it's not that those things are not at all included. They totally are. It's just, in addition to those things, I feel like, we spend a lot of time, like, building our relationship and constantly together, like, examining what we believe about birth and what we believe about life. Because, like, in those moments when you're with other birth attendants and you're holding this, like, flow state with somebody, like, there's nothing worse than feeling out of flow with the other people around you at the birth or, like, not feeling like you can trust or not feeling like you're on the same page about what's happening. And so part of what I feel is so, like, precious and unique about this thing that we're doing together and that, like, hopefully, like, more indie birth midwives will then become mama midwives for apprentices and, like, have the same type of thing happening is really like forming those sister bonds so that when we're in this that we can access things that we wouldn't like not be able to access otherwise if we didn't know each other as well as we do like I was saying how like you know I felt like I checked in with you psychically at one point and we were able to like be on a on a similar page and like be on that same anchored ground you know so I don't remember what got us onto this apprenticeship Uh, subject, but no, it's
1: so precious. And that, you know, kind of like a triangle, like we have us two. And then, you know, with the mom, I feel like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we're usually pretty connected to her, you know, maybe even in different ways, but, um, yeah, really utilizing that and feeling her flow. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's so humbling to like, not know the way that this, Is going to go or should go. And like that there is no map and there is no book. Right. You know, there is
0: no anything for this woman's birth. Um, Besides what's unfolding in front of you as it happens.
1: Exactly. And at the same time, like, we're all so powerful. Like the birthing woman is so powerful, obviously, you know, but we, we have power too to hold that space for her, you know, and or potentially like interfere you know and I think that's what we're saying too that if we get out of the flow state um, perhaps we might interfere in a way that
0: isn't good for anyone right yeah we could talk about on that like subject we could talk about some of the things that get in the way of this flow state besides like the more general like chatter in the brain so we said fear So any unprocessed or, like, internalized fears that you have about birth or something specific even or, like, even about the specific woman or family or, like, stuff that came up during her pregnancy or, like, whatever it is, like, are you working through those actively and consciously as much and as deeply as you can? I have a good example of that. Yeah. And I don't
1: think I've shared this on a podcast. It was a while ago. Um, But a mom that I was helping... Uh, knowing that she had a pretty big baby and you know just like kind of feeling into that for myself like feeling that I knew her well enough and you know I don't believe a lot of the myths around that but yeah just this little bit of niggling in your brain that I think can come up you know it comes up a lot like you're just a human and you're just always hoping like you don't disappoint anyone or like miss anything that, you know, it's just mm-hmm. the normal chatter, but recognizing that as something we have to work through because otherwise, you know, we hold it. And right. how does we that affect things? Yeah. Right. So, you know, and I went, I went through all the motions in my head and I talked to a good midwife friend um, actually my friend, Emily, who many people know, this again was a while ago, but I remember her just kind of holding space for it and saying, you know, like, well, what's the worst that can happen kind of thing. Or like, what's, what might you need to do? Or like, and it was just the obvious stuff I had been thinking of like, okay, yes. Um, if that were to become an issue, then like, I'm ready. Like, mm-hmm. you know, with skills to feel like I could deal with that. Um, but really it was just kind of talking about it and like hearing someone reflect back to you and, and, and trusting and knowing that if I was needed, I would know. And I think, again, that brings us that, yeah, brings us back to the flow state thing. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, I think you can like really go down a rabbit hole, wondering, like, if, if something could happen, or what you would do, um, but just coming back to trusting that you would know what that thing was. So.
0: Right. And that's not to say that. And like, an omnipresent, I am God type of way, I would know. Of course, I know that that's what you're saying, but, like, to be clear, it's, like, a very humble knowing, a humble knowing that, like, when you're asked of something in this life, you can see clearly and hear clearly enough to respond from a deep, anchored place inside of yourself. Right.
1: Yeah, and... You know that doesn't mean things always work out perfectly either right you know it's just simply like you're the person that's meant to be there and you try to stay humble and connected so that you can just you know be in the space that is needed um anyway as far as that story you know it wasn't an issue at all nothing was an issue at all But I mean, I remember as I was watching this birth happen, which really happened very easily and naturally and all that, that if I hadn't kind of walked down that path of processing the fear, I can totally see how you can misread, Mm -hmm. you know, everything looks like a problem or everything looks like the problem. Like it's so easy to do. And believe me, I'm not like above doing that as well. But in this case, you know just sitting on your hands and knowing that, um, you know, you don't have to act on your fear that if you were to act, it wouldn't be fear. It would just be what needed to be done. Right. Uh, But most of the time our fears don't actually come into, you
0: Mm -hmm. know, fruition. It's just our minds. Being aware of like possibilities that they want to be prepared for, which like, thank you, mind. I appreciate you wanting to like, try to, Protects everything and anyone but like it's not always the time to be activated in that way
1: yeah totally I mean I don't know about you but even like on the way to birth sometimes or I try to do it before I'm on my way there but you know just like a little mental review of like mm-hmm. these are the things that you know we learn about right that maybe we don't really want to see but like going through the motions in your head of like, okay, well, oh yeah, I have this thing and blah, 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 or here's mm-hmm. how it goes. Um, but then yeah, like really letting that go. Right. And like I said, I find it hard to even have my mind work in that way mm-hmm. in the actual birth space. Right. You know, in a like textbook, like very linear. Yeah. I really, this plus this equals this. Right. This. Well, and that's back to my student days not to flip flop all around, but sure. that's why, I remember feeling so over, <laughs> feeling so overwhelmed because that just wasn't the way that I think I access information best. Yeah. But some people do, I'm sure, and I can't really speak to that. But I remember watching babies be born and the midwife asking me after, you know, maybe about Apgars or, like, um, more questions about what I thought about how the baby transitioned. And sometimes I had, like, concrete things, like you said, oh, the baby was floppy, whatever, Um, But most of the time, it was more of a feeling Mm -hmm. of like, oh, yeah, I felt that that baby needed that help. And I saw that. And then many times in my apprenticeship, I saw that and it didn't feel like that was in the flow. Mm -hmm. Um, And it felt really interventive and traumatic.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah.
0: I think that that could be like a very interesting tool too for those like birth and that are listening to this that are like okay well how do i how are some like concrete ways that i could like practice this because it's like hard to say like what do you practice right. because it is a moment right. and, like you can't have like that future moment like exist now but something that i think is helpful is practicing um discerning what you're feeling in your body and like letting that process through. So watching videos, birth videos on YouTube, whether, you know, of all different kinds, like ones that are really, could be seen as stressful and ones that are like really quote unquote peaceful or whatever it may be. And just <clears throat> um, watching and like, being aware of the sensations that you have in your body and like be curious about those like why is that arising in me and what do I feel what does that mean to me and just seeing what happens just practicing feeling in your body I think Uh that's what I'm trying to say Uh like delineating what is what um Yeah some other things that can get in the way of this like as we've been saying like it's all about like what we have in us what the birthing woman and the family has in them in that moment in the room like what all is happening in the room and so the things that can get in the way of that are things that are not directly happening in the room that are like these external sources of authority so like Licensing can definitely be one of them, which, you know, is like this abstracted thing that exists that one has to answer to above all else, no matter what, or at least that's the way it's kind of made to be, even when some midwives decide to not obey that. And it's this thing that just kind of looms that you have to either like be constantly aware of and like checking what's happening in the moment against this thing at all times like this picture of what's supposed to be happening if anything is outside of that then you have to be checking it in your mind and like then doing something about it to control it to make it back in this box you know Mm -hmm. Um, same thing with protocols like there's lots of birth centers that Have even more stringent protocols than the licensing regulations require because they are going, um, they want to be backed by a certain hospital. So they have these policies and protocols in place that the hospital requested or required um, that they have to then be checking everything against. So, like anything that you are needing to check externally for that somebody else is deciding besides who is in this room at the very moment that can get in the way and really put us back into that chitter chattery needing to control fearful place in our mind
1: yeah and some of it I think is just perceived pressures you know I mean licensing is a very real thing for many midwives but we just have you know the cultural pressures of maybe attending a VBAC or maybe the mom's 43 weeks and, you know, no one's telling us we can't do those things, but sometimes it's hard to, you know, not have that chatter too. Right. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's unwise to like, you know, check against kind of what the standard is. And I think that's one of the trickiest jobs of being a midwife is staying in the flow but occasionally, like, checking back into the real world, you know, like, not getting so caught up in it and being like, okay, like, you know, for a minute on paper, you know, how long has this labor been? Or, like, how long has she been pushing? Um, And that information doesn't, like, supersede what you're feeling. But, you know, a reality check is just, like, part, I think, part of it too. Sure. Um,
0: You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's that... Consistent self-awareness and, like a, like, a willingness to check in with both what you're feeling in your body and what your skills and knowledge exactly. know to be true. Like, that's this line that we walk. Exactly. And... And that's the art of it. Right. Exactly. Um,
1: I think and that's, like, feels like the bigger point to me today, which is, you know, just another conversation about like how do we maintain the art of this like how do we use all the tools and all the things and all the knowledge Um, because like so much of the world has turned away from that especially midwifery and and many midwives are really not operating in that flow state at all whether they don't know about it or whether they don't think they're allowed to Mm -hmm. but it's almost all like check against this box or check against the system Mm -hmm. um, or check against the clock Right. You know, whereas like for each of us at each birth, there's a different balance. There's a different recipe of how that looks. Right. And like you said, it's like if you happen to walk in on a birth, you didn't know at all, which I mean, I don't know how that would happen to us right now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like it might be in different proportions, like what we're seeing versus what we know versus the limited amount we know about the woman. So right. I always say that's how I do this. You know, <laughs> like this is how it stays interesting. Right. Because there is no like formula.
0: No. And I think, you know, before when we were talking just earlier in the podcast, I was, I had something come up in my brain about like midwifery burnout and like, how does that happen? And what does that look like? And of course, like I have not been in it long enough to like experience that or to know what that feels like or looks like or how that happens. But I think that that could definitely be a piece of it. Like Mm -hmm. when you are not able to be in relationship with this woman in your life in a way that, f- that flows like this, of course it would be exhausting and like easy to burn out when you're not in alignment with like your truest self, like in the moment with these women, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that's changed for me a lot over the years and that I'm so grateful for is to, work with people that are really taking responsibility because it really is a whole different feeling to be with people that think you're going to save them like it's really hard to get in the flow state and i think that's why you know i didn't have that experience earlier on Um, because being in kind of like that role of authority keeps you in your mind because you just I mean, it's not that I ever want anything to happen at any point, but no, like, totally. you're very much like, in control, you're trying to stay in control, you are the one that knows you can't right. miss anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, that really closes you off to like, the other ways of knowing but it's the accepted way of knowing, you know, it makes me think of Robbie Davis Floyd and her whole like authoritative intuition as authoritative knowledge. Right. Um, like, that's really what we're talking about. Like, exactly. how do we get back to that? Why aren't we having these conversations? You know, why are why are we just talking about clinical topics like, you know, even at a skills workshop? I think we try and touch on these things, but mm-hmm. I don't know that we've found or seen a way to practice clinical skills either. Without relying heavily on the intellectual aspect, um, because that's the practice. It's like, well, did you do A, B, and C? Like, that's all we can sort of fathom to do to prepare ourselves. But like you're saying, there's lots of internal ways and ways we can really only do alone that bring us to that place.
0: Right. Totally. I definitely agree. There was something else that came up in my brain that. Sorry, that was a big blap. No, that was perfect. um it went away so it must not need to be sad at the moment
1: (laughs) i have another like anecdote story um that you know just to balance it out just because yeah yeah like i never want people to think that i mean this is my own like Like, issue or something sit
0: on our hands at all yeah (laughs) like you're just
1: like Sitting around like meditating and like lighting incense, and, like <laughs> it's all good because we're in the flow. Like no, it's not that. Sometimes I mean, the that's flow great. Is totally different. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes the flow is full of like vaginal exams and all kinds of things that the mom decides she wants because this is not going according to, you know, a plan or a course that she's familiar with. So right. you can still be in the flow when things are needed, or a baby needs help breathing. Anyway, my story was, um, yeah, just years ago, uh, a mom had a baby, obviously, and the labor was kind of hard, and it was her first baby, I believe. So, yeah, and that's a whole other, like, thing, you know, just kind of her not knowing and no one knowing and staying in that flow of not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the baby, when the head came out, looked like it really needed help. And I didn't, you know, you don't stop at those moments. I I don't to like intellectually, right. you know, you're not like figuring it out in your head. You're just feeling that this needs to happen. And so I remember just kind of like, you know, going in there and getting the baby out and he, he wasn't in great shape and I don't necessarily know why, like maybe it was cord compression or whatever. Cause he wasn't like stuck. Um, He was just stunned, as Dale Hart would say, and I did give him a breath, I believe, and all was well, and I think he's, you know, many years old now, Uh, but still, it sticks in my mind, because that was, you know, that's a pretty rare occurrence, and you look back, you know, the hour after, the day after, the week after, the month after, and you're like, oh my god what did I do? Mm-hmm. You know, was I like being a hero? Like, did that really need to happen? Like what would have happened if I didn't? Right. Um, but in, in light of this conversation, I think all that you can ask of yourself is that you felt, you know, in conjunction with everything that had happened before and all the things, you know, in that moment, you could only feel what was needed.
0: Right. Um, and yeah. like you said, like, I think that that's healthy to do, like that checking back, checking back in, was that what, because that's what's honestly missing from the medicalized model is like any type of like self awareness on what actually was needed or not. And I, so I think that's healthy totally to a certain point. Um, It can get obsessively not healthy too. (laughs) Right. Which is why like, it's really awesome to have trusted midwife and birth attendant, like sisters and friends who you can check in with and like, maybe do a review with, you know, that type of stuff in order to even have, like, a sense of closure on those types of things, while at the same time maintaining that sense of, like, critical awareness to the process, you know? Yeah,
1: it's not a, it's not a simple thing in a lot of ways. No, it's not
0: like a plug-this-in easy equation.
1: No, I mean, there's so much, like every human has all their stories and all their feelings and all their whatever past lives and like reasons that it would go this way or that way. And, you know, I think the only thing I know is being asked to be there and showing up is meant to be, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get after. Um, And I think so many of us too are like, very cautious and sometimes overly afraid of intervening in a way Mm -hmm. because we know that that would bother us that you know and we know how open and impressionable women are especially at that moment of birth and the baby and you know that's the story forever and ever if you're to do something right um and that's like one of my birth stories you know Mm -hmm. i didn't know much about birth uh with our first home birth and the midwife like jumped into the pool and, you know, helped Egan out and like made this big deal, and anyway, it really sticks with you, right? You don't ever forget that it's like kind of put on your cells. Um, so anyway, we're just always wanting to be like really intentional and uh not over overzealous,
0: right? Exactly,
1: hmm. on that note, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, it works in all kinds of ways. And there also isn't, like you said, a a magic recipe or a way. I think we're just simply offering like this conversation um, between us because we've been having it lately. And, you know, I know for me it's and for you, too, I bet it's not like that's not like the end. Like every birth is kind of this new experience Mm -hmm. as it should be where you're feeling different things or wondering different things. Um, I think it's the rare birth that, you know, that doesn't happen Right. because we're so in it. Like we're so in it. We're not just there not to just a profession. Yeah. We're not just there to check the paper <laughs> right. and go home and wait for the next one. Like we feel all of these things so deeply with these women. I mean, yeah, so deeply. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it feels like it just feels like it's just we, every time we come out of a birth experience, it's like there's more questions, you know? <laughs> than answers. Than uh, answers. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, each time I feel like the answer that we get is like we know less than we think. Yep. And to hold space for mystery you know totally
1: yeah like do do the head work do the study do the practice do the skills like in between and then find a place of like flow and trust that you can reside in the experience Mm -hmm. and even then not it's not that there aren't questions or you know thoughts Mm -hmm. and still reflections um but feeling Feeling that feels like the right thing. That's all I can ever come up with. Uh, in hindsight, you know, your brain kicks back in again and shoulda, coulda, woulda, or, you know, did this happen the way it needed to or what what could have been better whatever, but um, that's not birth. Like, that's what we do after right. birth.
0: That's not the actual yeah. birth. I think people get <clears throat> um actual birth in pregnancy confused <laughs> with, like, The study and statistics of like medicalized birth and pregnancy. Oh my gosh, that's such a good other podcast,
1: I bet. (laughs) I mean, is that not the dilemma right right now in the world? What is actual birth?
0: Most people don't really have any idea.
1: Right, Right, exactly. People don't have a frame of reference. Uh, They may or may not know stuff, but it's a different place to be whether you're the The witness, the birth attendant, the partner, um, it all takes on such a different feel. So, you know, where are you in that process when you're there? Or how would you like to be? You know, what's Mm -hmm. important to you? And if you're training to be a midwife, for example, um, yeah, like what do you need for support and to find this place within you? Because I think, of course, that... The world just needs tons more, tons more of that. Uh, When when you're in the birth process, I mean, man, you know, none of that stuff matters. None of the analytical stuff matters. I would have taken a midwife any day, Mm -hmm. you know, someone that felt what I was feeling and could still, you know, kind of observe in a way rather than feeling like I was just a number or um, outside of rules and regs or something like that like it's a completely different feeling to serving women right less
0: of a conveyor belt and a machine needing to be like managed totally and in the in the like quote unquote training of midwives or even like student midwives that are maybe at the beginning of their process or maybe like hardcore in it and they're learning all of this knowledge and maybe skills and they're trying to figure out how all of this fits together I would really encourage anybody who's listening to really like take a hard deep look at like what you truly believe about life and about birth and about yourself and about your relationship with all of these things and every time you're studying, like, give that skill and knowledge a context. Give it meaning by, by knowing what you believe and knowing what is true for you in the moment and seeing how that picture fits together because they exist together. It's not something that exists apart. The skills and knowledge don't exist apart from all of this other Stuff, it's all together, and you have to figure out how it fits inside of you. And that's that's like work that has to be done before the birth, yeah. <laughs> before the birth happens, you know? Yeah,
1: but that is the work, right? Yeah, that is the work. Not that there isn't tons more, like you're saying, on top of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much to know and learn nowadays, and I think that's also overwhelming in a cool way. but in the end you're there with what you've got and what you can access and Mm -hmm. you know that's the space we hold exactly well i think that's it for today
0: yeah i hope that made sense well you (laughs) can let us know if
1: it did or if it didn't yeah Uh, you can email us Um, Find us on Instagram. You can let us know if if there's a tangent or other topic you would like us to do together since we have that privilege of sitting here in the same space, which is really nice. And other than that, just always check the IndieBirth site for new information. And reviews on iTunes. I haven't blabbed on about that. And many people, I'm sure, will turn off the podcast at this point, and that's Mm -hmm. fine. Uh, But reviews are always appreciated. Of course, podcasts are all over nowadays on all kinds of apps but it does help people find us and you know we don't have ads or any of that nonsense um, to bore you with so just asking for help in spreading a message that you like to hear all right thanks everybody